Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Thank you all for choosing to invest your time with us here today. There's nothing more precious than our time. And the fact that you've chosen to invest your time with us here is something that I want to acknowledge and celebrate. It is a blessing. So thank you. And all that being said, have you ever gotten to the end of the week and said to yourself, wow, what a week. I'm exhausted. Anybody ever have a week like that? You know, you're just going along doing your thing, and it's just like one thing after another after another. And then you might hear yourself say, oh, my gosh, I can't, it couldn't possibly get worse. You stop yourself from saying the word worse. But if you have skin and if you are a human being, and I'm pretty sure all of you are and all of you watching at home are as well, then you have probably had the experience of it getting worse. Anybody? Is it just me? Am I shamelessly projecting onto everybody? It happens that way sometimes, doesn't it? And so when those times happen, something that is important for us to know or feel in order to get through them and stay present and keep getting through them is that it has some purpose or it has some meaning, or we have the strength to get through it. And I think there's one other question that we want to get answered in those times. And is the presence of God in this experience? Because if you've had those really rotten experiences, and it only takes one, you might be tempted to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a normal a human experience. And one of the things that's really important for all of us to do is to accept the normalness of such an experience. Because these things happen. Which is why, for me, this week, what we call Holy Week, is so vitally important. Because Holy Week lays out an archetypal, a typical, a normal experience that happens to all of us and provides context and meaning in that experience. And provides the answer to the question, is God here in this experience? Are all the principles that we teach present in my life, even when it seems like my life is going down the drain in a hurry? Holy Week says yes. And more importantly, Holy Week affirms that something good can come out of it. So what I want to do this morning is just take a very quick tour, as it were, of this archetypal experience that human beings have lived through from time immemorial. Because we need to know the truth of the words that wherever we are, God is, even when the situation is pretty rotten. 
because I'm keenly aware it's easy to affirm God is good all the time when things are going well. A little more of an effort when things aren't going well. And you just think, good grief, what else? You know, I love the fact that all four of the canonical Gospels include this story of Holy Week because it confirms and affirms that wherever we are, God is. And that every moment of our lives, the good ones, the bad ones, the silly ones, the awful ones, are sacred. Sacred which is why this Holy Week experience is recounted as sacred scripture, which lets us know that there is no moment in our life more holy than any other. Because we, as we say in unity, we take that Christ spirit, that spirit of truth with us, with us wherever we go because it is the truth of who we are. And so, yes, it is with us when things are going great and when things are not so good. So Palm Sunday, this is today. This is a day of the so-called triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. He, he was coming to Jerusalem as an observant Jew to celebrate the Passover, and the crowds were waving palm fronds. This was a very typical symbol and a sign of acknowledgement, of honor, of praise, and they were proclaiming him, as the story says, the messianic king, the one who's going to kick out those awful Romans who are the most recent occupied force. And the story records that in, uh, in the enacting of a prophecy found in the Hebrew scriptures book of Zechariah, that he rode in on a donkey, very humble, as a symbol of the peaceful kingdom of spirit that he was wanting to bring and show the people. Actually, that that kingdom is already here. It's in consciousness. If you will accept it, if you will demonstrate it and co-create it, he didn't ride in on a big fancy chariot with lots of horses and his name in gold letters emblazoned on the side. Look, it's me. I'm JC, everybody. Just riding on the back of a donkey. Very humble, very mild. The Gospel of Mark puts it this way. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Do you even know how important this is? This is not the era, where, like us, where we have closets bulging with clothes. You know, you put two pieces of clothes in a closet by themselves, close the door, and open it up three weeks later, and it's packed. It, it's worse than the rabbit thing. I mean, they only had one cloak, and they threw it on the ground. They're acknowledging what he symbolized that Christ idea, that beloved kingdom, that inclusive kingdom of love. I mean, that happens in our minds as well. So they put their cloaks on the ground, and those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, which is a cry that means save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom coming from our ancestor David. Hosanna to God in the highest. They were praising the consciousness of peace that they wanted. Just as in our own being and in our own world, what do we want more than anything? Peace on earth, goodwill towards all. 
It's ironic, though, and I have to point this out, that shortly after his description as the new Davidic king, the crowds only five days later would cry out, the story says, for its execution. I guess we can surmise that people were just as fickle then as they are now. We want immediate solutions to problems that are very complex and complicated and have deep roots. And if it doesn't get fixed right away, crucify him. And to think, they, they didn't even have to contend with 24-hour info news and social media. I mean, how did that happen? I guess we still have work to do as human beings in our consciousness. But I think about it this way. Haven't we all had those experiences where everything seems to start out well? So let's come back to the story and the archetypal nature of it, where things start out well, there's a big party, everybody welcomes you in, Here's the, you're the new guy or the new gal, and seem to have everybody's support and encouragement, you're on top of the world, and people are putting all their expectations on you, and you're just loving it, and life is good. It's like, hey, we, this, this week's got a good start. Amen. And then... And then, and then comes what in the traditional church is Holy Monday and Holy Tuesday and Holy Wednesday. And these are minor observances in the very highly liturgical churches, the Catholic Church, the Orthodox traditions. You know, there were occasions where Jesus had conversations with his disciples and religious leaders and Judas' preparation to betray Jesus. That was another conversation going on. Because I don't know if, it, if you ever have the experience of having the big high, everything goes really well, and then there's kind of like the letdown. Ever, anybody ever experienced that? Yeah, everything's great. It's like, okay, it's not fun anymore. What are we doing? So yeah, that is too part of our life experience. The thrill is gone. It's like, now what? Something's happening. Fast forward to Thursday, the day that we refer to as Maundy Thursday. So in Holy Week, also known as Passion Week, the story recounts that, yeah, of course, Jesus had come to celebrate Passover, which was a commemoration of the Jewish freedom from slavery in, in Egypt. It's a very powerful experience, still celebrated to this day. In Christian tradition, it celebrates what we call the Last Supper and the birth of the sacrament of Eucharist or Communion. And this day is called Maundy Thursday because the word Maundy comes from the Latin word mandatum, which, is, which means to give or to entrust or to order or commandment. So the Latin phrase is mandatum novum dovobis, I give you a new commandment. And the commandment is that you love one another, even as I have loved you, you ought to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And what do we do with the people we love? We prepare a place for them at the table. And it's very interesting that we use that reference to mean you have arrived, you are welcome, you are invited. It reminds me of that movie from the 60s, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Anybody remember that? There is a place at the table for everyone when we love. 
And as Jesus taught, the kingdom of God includes everyone. And we think about the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. There is more than enough food and good to go around. We not, don't just talk about loving one another. We demonstrate it. And it was also in the same experience where this foot-washing ritual was also birthed. It's a way of paying honor and homage even to the lowest and the least of these, by washing one another's feet. How much care do we have for our neighbors or those who live around the world? And clearly, we are all getting a, an enormous wake-up call to love one another. So you think about it from the archetypal experience that this, this Maundy Thursday meal had a really lousy ending. You know, it's almost like Thanksgiving when you talk politics. It's like, oh, it was going great while well, we were stuck on the turkey, and then you had to bring it up. And then like, so because this wonderful communion meal, this wonderful Passover Seder segued into an arrest on sham charges. And it's just like when we finally get the news, when, when something is brought to our attention, it's like when the doctor calls with some unwanted test results. But it, we, everything was going fine on Sunday. Why are you calling me with this news? Or when the market crashes, or when there's civil unrest at every level of society, or when an autocrat in a foreign country starts a war that shakes up the entire world economy. Or when a loved one is killed in a violent act. Or when a pandemic upends life as you know it. And I, I chuckle to myself because I remember in 2019 and early 20, 2020 getting ready for all of our plans with Vision 2020 and all the organizations I know of for years were getting ready for this. And it's like, Oh, heavens, Demurgatory did not see that coming. Perhaps we need a collective visit to the optometrist. But that's what happens sometimes, isn't it? Everything's going along fine, and then there comes the kick in the gut, the stab in the back, you name it. We have all had those experiences. This happened in this experience with Jesus as well. And then there's this thing called... Good Friday. Now, it's believed that it is a corruption of the term God Friday, because if you were Jesus, there really wasn't anything good about it. Because this Good Friday started at dinner, in which there was a, a false arrest, a sham trial, violent crucifixion, profound suffering and death. You know, the story is really brutal if you get into it. And sometimes we ask ourselves, why would something sacred be so brutal? Why do we record that level of detail? And I think it's because sometimes we feel that way. And some of us have lived through physically violent, awful experiences. And some of us have, some of us have felt that way because of the nature of whatever it was we were contending with, whether it was a family matter, a health matter, or, or maybe a war displacement matter. Good Friday is experienced whenever we are in the midst of the drama and the chaos at the worst of it. And all the imagery of the story about Jesus in that moment, I think we can probably relate to in some way, shape, form. 
And it is true that at three o'clock, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is transliterated from the Hebrew or the Aramaic, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, these really are the opening words of Psalm 22, and the gospel writers intentionally put those there. But as we know, as the story reveals, Jesus was not forsaken. But rather, the presence and power of the holy was in there with the midst of the pain and the suffering. It's been said, and I think it's true, that in the midst of drama and violence and pain and suffering, we see God when we look for the helpers. And in this instance, the helpers were really couldn't do a whole lot other than go and collect the body afterwards. But with all the grace and poise they could muster, they did. And with all the grace and poise that they could, they arranged for burial as properly as they could. Sometimes it feels like we want to help somebody else or some other situation, and we feel powerless to do so. But I would remind us all that there is a power in prayer and a power in knowing that wherever we are, God is, and maybe all is not well, but God is there. And if so, then there is always hope for a better outcome. There is always hope we will determine a meaning and that we will find some blessing in the experience, regardless of how rotten it is. I'm amazed at the number of people I've spoken to and worked with who have gone through cancer and treatments and how awful it was, and will come out and say things like, that was the best experience of my life. It showed me what was important and what mattered. Or the number of people I've met who have gone through 12-step programs and have said, I hit rock bottom and I'm so grateful I did. I got my sanity back. I've talked to any number of people who have definitely made lemonade from lemons. And though their faith may have wavered in the process, and yours may have too, I know mine has on occasion, it was still there waiting for the opportune moment to show itself. And these come from what we call Holy Saturday experiences. And to me, Holy Saturday represents that period of simply accepting what happened and being able to name it. See, that was the time when the, the body of Jesus was put in the cave and everybody just had to go and wait until the Sabbath ended so that they could attend to it properly. And in our own lives, sometimes we just have to be with the facts and acknowledge this happened, this is who did it, this was my part in it, whatever it was. In 12-step tradition, we sometimes refer to that as the searchingly and fearless moral inventory, just acknowledging this is what it is, not with the intention to blame, but with the intention to know and acknowledge these are the facts. Just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. 
And then comes Easter Sunday. We'll talk about that next week. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> but we have to have these times of just acknowledging that sometimes life here in human form is not really a good time, even though it started out that way. And again, we come back to thinking about what this pandemic experience has been like for us, what our thoughts and feelings are about the social upheaval we've been having in our nation, what's going to happen with Ukraine, and how will that move forward. Wherever we are, God is. That is our call to faith, our call to knowing that we have the capacity to stay present to the facts as they are to lean into the fact that we are always open to receiving divine guidance on how to proceed and make the best of a situation. And yes, if that means a chocolate Easter bunny, so be it. We'll get to that. Now, I would like to say it's a real easy move in our lives to go from, well, it's just Friday. If we get through Saturday, then we get to Easter Sunday, and everything's going to be great. Now, you and I know that everything happens in right time. And sometimes this Good Friday experience takes a very long time. But all things happen in right time. And let us remember that that divine aspect that was in Jesus that got him through that experience is in each and every one of us. It's not only in each and every one of us, it is the truth of each and every one of us. So, much is made about Jesus in Holy Week. But if we can see that that story is an example of our lives, then we can truly draw inspiration from it. We say that Easter is a testament to the overcoming power of Christ within all of us. But there needs to be something to overcome. And that something to overcome is often the discrimination, dis-ease, injustice, and violence of the world, whether our own private world or the macro world. But Holy Week affirms and confirms that absolutely every experience of our lives is sacred. And that's why this week is Holy Week. And as I indicated, the story doesn't stop there. Because I can't give everything away. So join us next week and let's just see how this ends. Peace be with you and namaste. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.